Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. You can send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can find the WIBR Warren Radio on Sayscape, USA.life, MeWe, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Linktree, and Pure Social. You can listen to our shows on warren-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. You can also find the Warren Radio on the following streamers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Anchor, and Podchaser. Don't miss out on the Christian in Time Prophecy Interviews on Classic Warren Radio. Our classic interviews from the past by our, are with L.A. Marzuli, Dr. Patrick Heron, Dr. Mike Heiser, and Benjamin Baruch. And check out the article from Dana. Road of life intersects with death. It is hard to find peace if all you see in the world is chaos and trouble. There is a clue. Find out what this means. Also, America's endangered state of the Union. America and the nations may be in danger, but we have overcome through Christ Jesus. And last but not least, Perilous Living, Best and Worst of Times. Perilous Living, Chaos in the World? Really, or is it just that people can't get along? There is hope and the power to overcome. And you can read those articles and listen to the interviews from the past by going to warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Dana, how are you doing tonight? Well, doing good. We've had a little bit of a repose here in between, uh, well, let's see, over at uh, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and then, of course, we came to Easter, and then we got into a week we were going to be doing the shows, and <clears throat> we 
ended up with some major events going on. Things so we're, that, huh? we're glad to be back, thank God. Yes, we are. And uh, we're working on uh, getting uh, The Rising. <coughs> That's your new book that goes along with, there's a sequel to Steal the Darkness. Yeah. And uh, so we're working on that as well. We'll let everybody know it will go into pre-sale. But at any rate, um, so we're working on that. We had to do a complete overhaul of one of our websites. And then we had uh, uh, some major issues here uh, in the studio. So uh, needless to say, but you know, just a lot of things happening, a lot of things going on. But God is good and we're back. You know, the amazing thing of it is, is we've been doing, uh, you know, we go clear back to early 2000 when we first uh, were doing shows. And uh, it's not like it was, it, 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 it is today. Not at all. Oh, the technology <clears throat> is so much more advanced. It's amazing. And uh, we've always been... Uh, uh, missions oriented as far as wanting to uh, bring forth the church and the mis the missionaries and other people that are working uh, to get the gospel around help those well one uh, and I can't remember exactly how we ran into uh, the middle uh, Bibles for the Mideast they have a ministry and they also have a whole um, bunch of church houses, the uh, house churches rather, that are uh, underneath the banner of ALG, the Assembly of Loving God. Now, one thing I love about them over in India and the Middle East and other places is, is that when they have a church, like we have one of our former churches that uh, we don't go to, but uh, they changed it. What was the, what was the name? Radius? Yes. You see, radius is not what they would do in some of these other areas. The assembly of the loving God. They always do that. You know, or or outreach to the lost Jesus Christ or something like that. I mean, they always put what they're doing and who they're serving right in the title. All the time. A lot different than the modern titles in America and the West. And... Uh, the one thing, uh, and this actually comes from the president. He's the president of, uh, I believe, the Assembly of Loving God. When, and it's uh, Pastor Paul who is the one that started Bibles for the Mideast. And these are all uh, ex-Muslims who come to the Lord. And uh, they're distributing Bibles and bringing people to the Lord. And miracles are following them. But uh, there was a recent request to send some Bibles into Bangladesh and before that there was another big request and we get this from many many different sources um, you know Tower it seems like what they want over there is Bibles the Word of God the Word of God because that's our bread of life and uh, so they sent 8,775 Bibles to the pastor over there 
Well, that's a and lot. And the team in Bangladesh. That's a pile of Bibles. Yes, it is. And, uh, and of course, they donated the Bibles to those who are eager to receive the Word of God. And they go on to say the Lord miraculously don't uh, miraculously save many Muslim villages in the northern part of Bangladesh. Now, thank God, that's exciting. Early, early on in our uh, in these end of days when we were online, uh, we had connections in India, and we still do have connections through different sources, but the bottom line of it is, is that a lot of these um, villages, when they come to the Lord, it's not unusual to see the entire village because they're like a tribe, they're, they're, they're tribal. And so you get one, the chief, everybody comes to the Lord. And uh, so they were able to open some more underground churches. Some hundreds received baptism. Now, this is what's going on around the world. And there's many persecutions, though, from the Muslims. But uh, they have a target of donating 10,000 Bibles, and they need another 1,225 Urdu Bibles. So, you know, they sent, uh, they could send 8,775. That's not 10,000. He wanted to give out 10,000. <laughs> well, he's not far from the mark. I'm sure he's received it by now. If not, he will. Well, you know where he's at. He's in Bangladesh. Bangladesh is next to India. There's hundreds and hundreds of millions of people in these areas. So 10,000 is like a drop in the bucket. Yes, that's it, true. And there's enough Muslims that hate you to go around. Now, they did make a note of the church in the Sultanate of Oman is going through uh, hardships. And uh, we had done this story about uh, a woman, a mother in Oman who was miraculously healed. And... Uh, secretly received baptism and because of that uh, there's a lot of problems the Muslims get upset and begin persecuting the Christians and then there's the the church in Somalia in Africa which Africa has really really a lot of trouble uh, especially from the Fulani and Boko Haram well, in Somalia, the pastor threatened, and that's usual. You know, pick on the pastor, get the husbands, you know. But at any rate, uh, he had sent this around Easter when it occurred, and he's, he said, Happy Resurrection Day. And uh, with a great hope, we are waiting to meet him on this great and wonderful day. Amen, Lord Jesus, come. We, we really need him to come. Yes, amen. But there's a lot of people that are unsaved. So at any rate, that's direct from the front lines. And uh, there's a lot of front line reports. This one comes out of International Christian Concern. And this was some time ago, but we have seen this before time and time again. Over the years, over the many years. And radical Muslims, in this case, it's Al-Shabaab. And see, you have Al-Shabaab, Al-Qaeda, 
um, there's an ISIS uh, segment in parts of N Nigeria. The Fulani is in quite a few places. Um, Boko Haram is there. So you've got quite a few of these uh, really virulent uh, groups. And all they do is target Christians and Christian villages. They even have celebrations over there uh, when they have a successful attack and can kill Christians. I mean, this, this is the way the world is. We find this literally around the world. This is so tragic that they can't, that they, that's all they live for is to destroy somebody else and to kill them. And so when we look at America and we see the hatred that's flowing out of Washington, D.C., and even out of the Biden White House, it's condescending. And they were talking about that today, about uh, all these redneck Christians. Very, very um, harsh stupid comments and uh, I know the difference between a redneck a hippie and a cowboy <laughs> and this ain't a joke where I was raised we didn't have any blacks we didn't know what you know we didn't know what Negroes were because we we're never around Negroes and it wasn't until I was in the service that I met the different kinds of Negroes like the ones in San Diego that wanted to beat all the whites up and we had left and uh, they went ahead and uh, attacked uh, two of our buddies and beat them up pretty bad a whole bunch of blacks so that was the one side and then later on in the military as I lived there uh, went through it uh, I had trouble with uh, with a white officer two of them they wouldn't leave me alone. I don't know why, but uh, at any rate, I had uh, this black brother who came up to stick up for me, offered to help me. And he was black, but he was a friend. He was a good guy. And so, you know, there's a lot of them that, that say that if you have to say black, then you're racist. Well, in this country, if I just told you somebody, that wouldn't be enough. It has to be specific. You have to know that he's black, that he stood up for me, a white guy. So that's why I do that, to let you know. And being raised, I found more people when I was going to school that were white than I did any other race, and that includes the Indians and includes uh, the Mexicans. And includes, uh, of course, the cowboys are different. Uh, they're usually any kind of color, but they're cowboys. And then there's uh, also hippies. Never had trouble. But with a highfalutin class, highfalutin snobbish uh, whites in, in high school that I went to, they caused trouble. So, so folks, when, when you really look around, there, it, it's not the color of the skin. I wrote an article on this. The sin is not in the skin, it's that which is within. And so when we look at Al-Shabaab over here in Af Africa, and they go after these buses because they're easy targets. And of course the drivers have no uh, way to stop anything, they, they just have to stop. And uh, because they got big windows, they could get shot in a minute. And so these guys come aboard, they take off the Christians and do whatever they want with them. And uh, 
And, of course, in Kenya, you know, it's been really bad over in Nigeria, but now in Kenya lately, a lot of these groups are being encouraged to do. And uh, in this one, a number of passengers died. And as you look at the report, it was near the Kenya-Somali border, but... Uh, When you look at it, it says uh, a group of armed Al-Shabaab militants robbed travelers and the bus conductor after failing to find Christians in the bus. So they got mad and killed people. <laughs> there wasn't no... That there sounds wasn't, senseless. There wasn't no Christians around. So, you know, we're good guys. We just hate Christians. But you guys made us mad because you didn't put any Christians here for us to kill. So we're just going to kill you. That's idiotic. I mean, you know, this is the way these people make... They're expecting, when they die, to find a bunch of virgins and good wine and all the rest of that stuff. Man, are they going to be surprised? Yes, they are. I mean, it's just absolutely unconscionable. You know, and what we see going on around the world, uh, very few people do anything to stop it. And uh, if you take the war in Afghanistan... You know, when it was going on, we were opposed to it. We said that when they get all said and done, the Taliban will be back in power. Well, guess what? Biden's now made up his mind that he's going to pull out all the troops out of Afghanistan. It's going to be officially turned back to the Taliban. Now, actually, the, the government there, but the Taliban will will take it over. Just no doubt about it. So this is what we see. We see this globally around the world all the time. And when you have the kind of nonsense, the kind of baloney, the kind of loudmouth knuckleheads that we have in America in the political realm, and some of these people who, who are elected leaders, and many of them are liberal Democrats, that allow the BLM and Antifa to riot you know, and I know over in Portland, the police, uh, the police force was talking about quitting. Uh, Antifa said they challenged uh, one of the buildings over there was going to build, uh, burn it to the ground. Now, I don't know if that was a federal building either. But see, uh, see, since Biden got in, the, he he don't seem to defend the federal buildings either. So, <clears throat> you know, if you think you're safe in America. Uh, you know, I got news for you. You better wake up. Because I can tell you what we see around the world and with what Biden did by opening up the border, you don't know how many terrorists went through there. And they will do that. Don't be fooled. He's compromised America and our safety. Yeah. And right now, it doesn't make a difference that he cheated on the election because nobody's going to do anything about it. So I can tell you who's going to suffer. And I've been warning about this for many years. And uh, if you want to get some biblical proof, you tune in to our Thursday broadcast and Friday broadcast because I'll bring some stuff up about it. It just amazes me how ignorant, how blinded Americans are today, thinking that everything's fine. Around the world all the time, we report this stuff going on and innocent people getting killed. And as I reported here... It wasn't Christians. 
There's a lot of Muslims and others that are getting killed too. People that don't want this kind of thing. But the leaders don't do much of anything. And the global leaders don't do anything. Now we do have a focus topic. Now this is on China. You know, this is another one of those places, Tower. You know, there's two areas. What two areas? I'll just ask you this. And, and you should know this. What two areas do I always bring up and I'm always praying for? China and North Korea. Yeah. And then I add India and Pakistan. Then I go into Nigeria. Now, we literally pray for as many nations. I go around the world and pray for Iran. But, you know, the thing of it is, is that, you know, you say, well, you know, it's going to be okay in America. God's going to save us and deliver us, make everything perfect. We're going to have a rapture. I shouldn't have brought that up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're going to go in the rapture. We're going to be safe. I got news for you people. It's, It's about time for you to get out of your blind, blinded state that you have. And it's really bad on social media. You can't even talk to people. They got their own little thing, and they've got their own little different methods of interpreting the Bible. And and uh, instead of taking it in context and understanding it, they just, you know, take it down the road. But at any rate, uh, in China, house churches are being raided across China. And uh, they're shut down by the Chinese authorities, the same authorities. I mean, these are different people, but the same power uh, that shut down Wang Yi's church and burned his, uh, tore his church down, threw him in prison along with uh, the leaders, had everybody in the church sign a pledge not to go to any kind of a Christian church. They're to serve uh, the communist state first and then God later. Because if God's going to take care of you and you're a Christian, then the communists are not going to give you any money and if you want us to give you money, they say, you got to take your picture of Jesus off the wall. Now, I don't have any pictures of Jesus on the wall. Because uh, if you look back in Scripture, we get clear back in the law, you shall make no images of him. And there is something to be said about a lot of that. So it's time people to wake up. And so here you got China, and guess what? You know, Hunter Biden and Biden are connected to China like syphilis is connected to those who are loose with the sex. And in the service, when you were on board ship and going around the world, the first thing they gave you a lecture on was be careful who you'd go to bed because there was black syphilis going around. Now, I'm telling you, folks, now this is graphic. But you need to understand something. China and the communists are corrupt. In North Korea, they're corrupt, the leaders. The system is. In America, your system now is corrupt. The people that are running it are corrupt. And there are preachers up there that are corrupt and profane. And I could keep going. Now, you don't have to believe me. You can sit here in your own little stew of delusion and stay here And, uh, you know, we'll just see how far you can go. But the bottom line of it is, is that when you're in China, you pay a price. When you're in North Korea, you pay a price. And in America, 
you know what the Lord said to Babylon, to the Christians there? Come out of her, my people. You're not to be in Babylon, connected as far as in the heart. You're to be connected to the Lord and understand they hate you. And the way they've been acting in the last probably five, six years, you could probably go back to 2010, I think. Don't you, Tower? Or further? Oh, probably further. And so, uh, at any rate, one of the lawyers, he was the church leader. And, matter of fact, he is the leader, uh, the lawyer for Wang Yi. And I pray for Wang Yi all the time. He's a little older. His health wasn't the best. And he's still in prison over there. And he has a wife and kids. Well, how long has that been? A couple years? Yeah, at least. Two or three, maybe. Time goes by so oh, I fast. I know. I can't keep track of it. And so, you know, in the church that they raided, he, he was the one that... Uh, uh, the pastor there. He's a church leader in Shanghai. And, uh, you know, he was seen with the authorities as well. And uh, he had to go with the church leaders, and then he was later released. And so... You know, it just irritates me about China. China has a good culture. But I was warned as a child about China. So it shouldn't surprise me. And now we do have something from Tower. Yeah, this is a, this is a good story. I really like this. Um, it comes to us from Samaritan's Purse. And Samaritan's Purse works in many countries throughout the world, and they have many different projects that they do to help people to be healthy and live well. They try to make people's lives better. And this one is about clean drinking water, and they bring it to the people around the world. But this story comes to us out of Kenya. And they helped Philip, a Kenyan tea farmer and devoted, loving father who's been caring for his four children for several years since his wife passed away. And he'd been helpless to stop the relentless cycle of fierce pain his kids endured to, due to waterborne illnesses. And um, they would get their water from the spring about a mile away. And it was the only choice he had to get drinking water and bathing and cooking. And so the children were often sick. He was sick. And the children missed a lot of school. And he said he had no hope for clean drinking water. And around the world, families like Phillips are desperate for clean water. So Samaritan's Purse is continuing to help these communities to provide the clean drinking water to bring them hope and healthier, brighter future so they can thrive and help others. And his children are now healthy. They no longer miss school. 
due to the waterborne illnesses. And um, two years ago is when God provided Philip's family in a way he never imagined. He received this household water filter from Samaritan's Purse, and his life hasn't been the same since. He, they, his family enjoys the clean water for cooking, bathing, washing clothes, drinking. And um, he said he wasn't, he's thankful because his kids are finally healthy, which means they aren't missing a lot of school. And he was not fortunate enough to go to school, so he wants his children to have a better life. And that's just like every parent we all want our children to have a better life. And he's also saving money since he's not weighted down by the burden of paying for expensive doctor visits and medication. And he's also able to share the love of God in the community. And Philip was trained by Samaritan's Purse on how to use the filter and practice healthy hygiene. And he trained and he was trained by them as a health and hygiene resource for his community, helping to meet both physical and spiritual needs in the households he visits. And he says, I am an ambassador in this community. The entry point is clean water and hygiene in the home. When you meet the needs of others, people will see the love of God. And so that's in many areas, basic necessity of water means life, health, and also the gospel and God's love. So that's one of the many things that Samaritan's Purse is doing around the world. So that's it. I love hearing those stories. Well, I do too, you know, and I was just thinking about unclean water today. Because we do take water for granted. Oh, we do. And around the world. Now, we did a story some time ago. And, uh, and you get in some countries like Ethiopia and other places where water is scarce. Uh, the women have to walk for miles just to try to find water. And especially if there's a drought, the wells are dry. And, you know, we, we just have not a clue, you know, where the suffering is in the world and what they need to do. And it's beyond me why we have such a group of meatheads in this country that are working to destroy it so we can be without everything and everything's going to go down. Because when it goes down, you know, of course the millionaires won't be touched. But the problem with the rich, their riches is not going to deliver them from the judgment that comes. And I'm not talking about the final judgment. They will pay there. But there's a judgment coming in what we call the Great Tribulation. And we've got scriptures to show what is going to happen. Now, you may think scriptures are a bunch of baloney, but you know what? You're just going to have to decide for yourself. And uh, in the end, they will prove themselves for what they really are. <clears throat> so water is absolutely, absolute. It's something you need. Now, another thing, that, and you and I talked about this, and that was the Israel's Abraham Accords. Now, this was in the news, but it was also brought up by persecution.org who wrote about it. There's a lot of, now, not every church understands 
the Abraham Accords. And of course, this goes all the way back to Ishmael and Isaac, both sons of Abraham. The promise went through Isaac. However, God made sure he sent an angel to Ishmael's side. It was the mother and the son, Ishmael. They had been driven out of the camp. And he said he was going to take care of them and that he, she would have a whole tribe, 12 sons, just like the other one. But And so today we see this conflict between Ishmael and Isaac that is biblical. And yet we see more and more of them that are starting to try to make peace with their brother Israel. Because, you see, God wants to save Ishmael as well. As well as the rest of the Gentiles. And so you have the signing of the Abrahamic Accords. And this is something that actually, um, Jared, isn't his name Jared? The hmm. one that's... Um, married uh, to one of the Trump girls? Yes, yes. He's the one that was heading it up in Israel. Jared Kirshner. Yeah. And so this was a thing pushed by the Trump administration. And while it was going on, I forgot how many countries we saw sign on. I think it was four. Four, maybe more than that. I well, was thinking I'm sure. six. Because this sure. one here talks about normalizing uh, relations between Israel and Bahrain and the United Arab Arabs, uh, United Arab Emirates and uh, and the uh, the U, uh, Bahrain and UAE have opened up more visible Jewish presence the local Jewish communities of Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, and uh, Saudi Arabia and the UAE have come together to announce the formation of the Association of Gulf Jewish Communities. I mean, they're all coming together. Yeah, that's exciting. And, uh, you know, this is so prophetic. Now, there are going to be enemies of Israel, and Persia, Iran, has always been one of them, always, except for the time when Cyrus um, of Persia uh, defeated Babylon and released the Jews and told them to go build their temple back and rebuild Jerusalem, and he let them go. But in today's world of division and end of days and prophecy, I believe there is no greater prophecy, no greater prophetic event than Israel having special Abrahamic accords with Ishmael. Unfortunately, this missed the news altogether. And the thing of it is, of course, the West isn't doing nothing, but the problem of it is, this is a positive step, but it's by no means going to end the hostilities. So that's why it always says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And there's another one, pray for the salvation of Israel. Now, another one that I, that I always talk about, and that's Nigeria. Yep. Always. And I saw this 
kidnapping on video. And <clears throat> this is in the Kaduna state, which is very, very dangerous. And there they had a church by the name of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. I like that name. And they were traveling from Kaduna to another city when their bus was intercepted on the highway. They were kidnapped by Fulani herdsmen. It's probably been March, April, not quite a month ago, less than a month. And uh, the one I saw was um, of one person, one pastor, that had been stopped by three cars, official black, big black cars, SUVs, and he disappeared completely. Now, the kidnapping of these eight Christians, especially by the Fulani. Now, the Fulani are just a bunch of herdsmen. And we reported it was probably maybe even 10 years ago when the first report of the Fulani, who were always looking for more land to roam and got tired of the Christians having land that they couldn't go on. So uh, Boko Haram began talking to them to teach them how to fight and what to do. That's too bad. And of course, Buhari, who happens to be the current president of Nigeria, is a Fulani. And he's not doing the job, he doesn't get it done, and he can't. So these people continue to kidnap, and they'll kidnap them for ransom, they pay them money, and they have plenty of money to live on, and they just keep doing it. That's how they fund themselves. Well, recently, the Nigerian government, I think that's who it was, I, I can't say which government was I just heard the fact that they were not going to pay ransom anymore which means they'll just kill him but every time you pay him money you end up enabling them to get better weapons and become more wicked than they were before and see this is why we need to understand the truth we are in a day and age as Paul said that they will despise those who are good. They will hate Christians. And that's all there is to it. They don't need a reason. And so, just think of all the kids. I did see a figure some time ago, how many kids that are without parents Oh, I know. I just, that just is gut-wrenching. You know, and, and I just, you know, I look at what's happening in America, around the world, you know, and, and I hear Christians talk about, well, you know, God will deliver us and all this other stuff. Well, you know what, how we overcome or overcame, past tense? It's found in Revelation twelve eleven. They overcame, past tense, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved their lives not unto death. So 
that's the deliverance. You love your life not unto death. Now, you see, I wish I could tell every Christian in America that God's going to keep you safe and warm and fuzzy and have fresh, clean drinking water and you'll never have an enemy. But that would be a lie. The fact of it is, today, God is going to require of America and the Western nations, not just America, a lot more than what they've been given out. A lot more than their selfishness. And that's why we're so divided today. Now I pray that we will find God's mercy. I pray that in God's judgment there will be mercy. But I'm going to tell you. Christians, some of those who are caught, are thrown in cages about the, like, like you put a large dog. They're thrown in camps where there's no food except a watered-down broth. And they, they have eaten all the rats and all the other animals. And the grass. And the grass and the weeds, and then they eat the dirt. They don't care. This is North Korea. Personal testimony of those who escaped. And we see it around the world, folks. Now, you better think again about who you vote next time. But it isn't going to make any difference if somebody doesn't solve the cheating like they did this last time. Yeah. And just because you have a bunch of leaders that say there was no cheating, don't believe them. They're liars. There was cheating. And I can tell you that, and I'd swear that on a stack of Bibles, and I would even stand before the Lord, and he would know it. There was cheating on a big scale. There's wickedness. There's money pouring in. And there's also enemy pouring over the gates. You're getting ready to see. And you're going to find out just how much suffering is going to go on in this country. So you'd better pray. You better be like James says. Now's not the time to be smiling. He says you need to be weeping and crying. Seeking the Lord. No. So. Now we have another one. Now this is really a neat one. Oh, it is. It's um, it's exciting. It's a firefighter delivered from flames, and this comes to us from CBN, and um, the man's name is he's a firefighter, and his name is Caldwell. I guess that's. And he said there was no way he should have survived this fire. And um, this podcast was on edifies. Jesus is all we need. And this name of the title is Nobody Expected Me to Survive. So in July, July 24th, 2007, this is a day that will live in infamy for Caldwell. It all began with an event known as the Adams Fire in a one-story structure fire in California that became a defining point in his life. When um, Caldwell and the team arrived at the fire, it was evident that the the blaze was spinning out of control, and he got on the rooftop to assess the situation, and that's when the unthinkable happened. He said he stepped over the division wall, and he fell through the decking into the structure fire, and fell 13 or 15 feet into the structure, and a ball of flame came out of the hole he created. So you can imagine what was underneath him. 
and as the flames continued to engulf the building, Caldwell remembers waking up on the ground in the midst of sweltering heat with the blaze quickly closing in and no immediate exit available. And he had he thought three things in his mind, clear as day. Okay, Lord, I'm in here all by myself. Second, Lord, this is it. I'm ready. And lastly, my life just went before me on a DVD in fast order. And he said the pain was so immense that moments were unbearable. And he compared it to compared the intensity to putting your hands in the oven and just letting them burn. He said, I couldn't pull my hands out of the oven. My arms, my hands, my face, the back of my head, my belly. This was hell on earth. And while Caldwell in those moments assumed it was the end, he now believes God had other plans. <clears throat> Excuse me, as the death-defying moments wore on, during an excruciating seven minute and ten second ten seconds inside the blaze, Caldwell's captain made a surprising decision. He directed firefighters on the roof to put a hose line down the hole and water and blast water inside. It was because he believed that Caldwell was dead, but he wanted the family to be able to have an open casket funeral. And that act of mercy ended up being a lifesaver and Caldwell said it was like what he did was like water from heaven and the intense burning he felt immediately stopped in its tracks and against all odds he was rescued survived and remarkably returned to his job within 10 months and Caldwell openly credits God for his survival explaining that miracles just keep happening or kept happening during the ordeal. That's amazing. It is. And, you know, he could have two feet to the left and he would have been impaled and three feet to the right. He would have fallen through to the concrete floor, but God caught him, <laughs> stomped yeah, him on the cage. Yeah, the concrete floor down below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because especially if it's a, you know... And and one good thing came out of it. I believe the captain became a Christian because he says the captain wasn't a Christian at the time of the blaze, but the captain recalls feeling as though God, God told him to make that surprising call. It was like God was speaking to me. God told me to take this hose line and put it in the hole. You know, that's amazing, and I believe that yep. God does speak. Well, I do too. And and thank God for it. Yes, amen. Well, you know, some more news came out. Now, we know that Putin was cracking down on religious freedom. Right. And, you know, and, and one of the reasons is because they have a number of outlying uh, Soviet satellites in the old days, and they were all Muslim. And uh, since uh, they kind of became a little freer than what they were, these... Muslim states began uprising. Well, now since Putin, I think he's now declared himself uh, president for life. I forgot up to the year thirty something. Um, yeah. He, you know yeah. he's uh, 
he made an arrest of a Jehovah Witness in the city. And of course, Jehovah Witnesses, you know, I mean, they do have a false gospel. Uh, they talk about Jehovah, but they miss the fact that there is Yahshua, the Savior. And you can't have the Father without the Son. So the, the Jehovah's Witness are in trouble. But the problem you have is that you can't delineate with religious freedom. And so in 2017, Putin, uh, you know, was pushing this to stop some of this going on. And uh, the Russian Supreme Court put a, a label on upon, on the Jehovah Witness as an extremist organization. That's well, funny. Well, guess what? Guess who else? Let's see, the Christians, the Patriots, yep. and the conservatives were labeled by AOC, Biden, and others as radicals. Some of them in uh, the House, Democrats, called for hunting them down. So it happens in America, folks. And the thing of it is, there is a difference. You have a lot of people in this country that have guns. You start hunting them down, they're going to shoot back. And and it's not just going to be Christians. You've got Muslim ra radical Muslims here that are waiting for a war. They train for a Christian uh, Islamic war in America. That's what they're doing. So right now, they've raided the homes of more than 1,300 adherents and have over 400 charged. Wow. Now, the big wig of the Association of Jehovah Witnesses says there's between five to 10,000 of, uh, 10, of its members have fled Russia. Yeah, I don't blame them. It's really funny that, it, you know, in this article, they cite the U.S. State Department condemning the crackdown, while at the same time, we just got through a pandemic-type uh, thing where, um, for the first time, you have a, a COVID virus with 98, almost 98% uh, cure rate with, you know, it doesn't affect a lot of different groups, but yet, this is the first time in history that we've taken healthy people, we've made them stay at home, wear masks, as if we have one of the worst plagues on earth. We have told the pastors to shut down. We have charged churches. And California is one of the worst. Then, of course, there is a number of other. Almost all of them are uh, uh, liberal dims. And we're talking ultra-liberal. It's kind of funny, especially since you have South Dakota... And the governor over there, who's a, who's a woman, uh, didn't even close it down at all. So this, this shows you how crosswise we are. We look over and we cry at China, or we cry at Russia, or some of these others. And yet we, we do the same thing here. But we're too blind to see it. We think we're fine. That's right. And even some of the justices in the Supreme Court were standing up saying how Americans are losing their rights. Well, the justices shouldn't have cast out this uh, 
voting machine thing for one reason because this country gets turned around the first ones that gets shot in a, in a regime takeover are the Supreme Court justices and all the other justices they begin in the colleges the teachers uh, they begin in the rich <laughs> and then they put all the poor slobs in a in a big camp and uh, they treat them bad until they decide to become what they want them to be. Until they get them re-educated. Yeah. Yeah, well, I got an education for them. So that's really, you know, when you look at it, unreal how we, how we have all these things going on. It's just too bad that it we're is. so blinded. It's sad. It is. And... Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things. And uh, I think the big key here is that we need to start looking around in America to the freedom. We need to start in our own states and stop these people from taking it over, from putting in this stuff. And you need to also watch what they're doing to your kids, your grandkids, and your great-grandkids because they'll corrupt your children. And I've, I've talked about this before, but if they corrupt your children, especially before the age of accountability, then these kids are going to be corrupted, and it'll take the Lord to really deliver them because most of them will be permanently harmed because of what they're doing. You, and you really, like Dana says, you need to watch what they're teaching in children, and, and it's unconscionable that they have lost wanting to really educate the children with um, science and math and that stuff, reading, writing, and trying to make them question their gender identity. This is just unconscionable. And all the other perversions they throw at these kids instead of training them. Yeah, there's no nurture and admonition of the Lord. And and I'm sure that there's a lot of churches that are trying to do that, but there's churches that are forsaken the right way as well. That's true. And there's pastors like Ralph Warnock who openly states that abortion is, is God's plan. This guy's so full of peanuts, of course he has no idea what blood guilt is. He is a despot, he's profane. And uh, that's not all he believes. There's a few other things, but... Uh, you know, hey, and I could tell you, that there's a number of them up there, but they represent the whore of Babylon is what they do. They represent what this is. Make no mistake, there's wicked and there's righteous. And if you don't think so, then you're on the wrong planet. And it's time for you to get on the right side. Period. So Amen. Right? Huh? Yeah. I said amen. We've got to. I don't know. I and and when I see all this, you know, and it's increased exponentially the persecution of Christians globally. It has. And now we're reporting an increase in the oppression within states that you've never seen it before. And I mean countries. And you see an increase in the countries that we've been monitoring for a long time. And so at the same time though, we are seeing miracles and signs and wonders. New, New Testament miracles, Old Testament miracles, any way you want to talk about it. Above the board, super, natural, God 
produced miracles that are delivering Christians, bringing in the enemies of God and saving them. That's what God does. That's what he did when he saved Paul. Paul was an enemy of the gospel. Paul said he did it ignorantly, but he was still an enemy. But God saved him. God specializes in saving the unsavable, saving the enemies. Make no mistake, the Lord will do that. Don't lose your faith. You hang in there. We're to stand strong by faith. We do not open the door to tomorrow with fear, folks. Fear will destabilize you. It will ruin you. We open the door to tomorrow with faith. For Christ is our rock and our foundation. And in Jesus' name, you stand. Amen. We're going to have to get out of here. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We pray for you. We always hope the best for you in the Lord. Stay safe and God be with you. Good night, everybody. Shalom, everybody. Go by our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. And also the book series, The Steal the Darkness. We're, we're going on with this series. And so be sure to sign up for the all of our email stuff that we have both on Warren USA and on Dana Glenn Smith and, and the word will go out. So until next time, stay safe, be found in the Lord and pray for the persecuted church, pray for your family, pray for those around you. In Jesus name, we win this one. In Jesus name, the devil's a liar. And in Jesus name, the principalities and powers of darkness will be destroyed. No matter how they boast today, they will be destroyed and the righteous will stand there on the day of judgment and we will be the witnesses to their wickedness. Hallelujah and praise God. We are winners in Christ Jesus. Amen. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.